Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. All right, welcome in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here with you on a jam-packed Thursday edition. Uh, we will get to Tim Fitzgerald, our K-State insider, a little bit later in the show. Chelsea Messenger will uh, take a week off, a little under the weather, so we'll catch up with Chelsea, though. Plenty of time before the Super Bowl next week uh, to chat with her about all the latest embedding. We're going to bring in Bob Lutz of the Bob and Jeff Show here of League 42 to kind of go through the situation that's happened with the Jackie Robinson statue, get you the latest, how you can support the organization and all the, you know, great things that have happened out of a really unfortunate situation. That'll come up a little later in this hour. The Shockers fall last night despite a massive lead in the game against Tulsa. Very, very disappointing loss for Wichita State. Uh, We will get into that here. We'll get more into the Super Bowl, of course. A lot to get to this morning. Tommy, how are you? Busy day today, getting ready to get into the show today. I'm really looking forward to having Bob coming up later this hour to talk more about the situation and just the outpouring of support from the community. I know that Major League Baseball has stepped up to be involved in uh, raising the money for a new Jackie Robinson statue. So looking forward to talking about all of that. Yeah, it's there's been a lot. There's been a lot since the unfortunate part of all of this in which the statue was taken to begin with and then destroyed and all of those things. But, man, there's been a lot of good that have come out of it, too. So we want to get into some of that, focus on some of that, and, and talk about what's happening moving forward because I think there's a lot of really cool and exciting things on that front with it as well. Uh, Tommy, let's start with the Shockers. That's a uh, man. That that's that one really sucks. They got outscored twenty-two by twenty-two in the second half. Had a massive lead early, maintained an eleven-point lead going into the half, and found a way to lose by eleven. They they were outscored by twenty-two points in the second half against Tulsa, a team that going in was two and five in the league. That that one stings. As you had, you know, you come out of the SMU game. And, man, they exploded out of the gates in this one. And it's another case of coming out of half, Wichita State being out-adjusted, I guess. I mean, how many times are we going to see this, taking a a, a great first half and just laying an egg in the second half? Well, you have to dial into it even a little bit further because the game was close 
midway through the second half. It wasn't just coming out of the locker room. It was midway through the second half, and then even with just a few minutes to go in the game. I mean, Tulsa closed the game on a 15-2 run over the final four minutes of the game. So it was just late-game execution for Wichita State. Doesn't make it any easier to swallow. Doesn't make it any, uh, you know, any easier of um, you know, a result to look at and, and try to find a silver lining to because I don't really think that's there. But Wichita State was in a position to win the game until oh, about yes. five minutes to go. And so it wasn't just second-half adjustments. It was that Tulsa hit the clutch shots, went on that run, to close out and, and, and you know, I, I looked at the final score. I mean, I watched a majority of the game um, and it was close when I t- had to turn it off and walk away from the TV. And then I looked at the final score and it's an 11 point deficit for Wichita State. It didn't look that that much. You know, that I think the final score is not, um, a, you know, doesn't really fit with the way that the Shockers played. Regardless, though, it's a bad loss for Wichita State in a game that they should have won in a game that they had a, a pretty substantial lead early. Free throw disparity is there. Uh, The Shockers took just three free throws in the game. Tulsa took 24. That's always an oddity in a basketball game. But it's also a point of attack and a point of emphasis. And, you know, like that's not an excuse. It's hard to win on the road. Um, I get those things. But when you have an 11-point lead at half to a team that's not very good, you close out those games. You don't get outscored by 22 to Tulsa. You just can't do that. If that's Memphis, okay. If that's Florida Atlantic, okay. Like, the problem for me is this is, like, no more can, like, you can't look at these games and say, oh, they played a tough schedule. No. Yeah. No, you didn't. You lost to East Carolina at home and you blew an 11-point halftime lead to Tulsa. That's not a tough schedule. And, and we can stop with the cliche of, oh, it's always hard to win on the road in conference basketball. Yeah, it is. But this isn't the Big 12. Okay, that's Tulsa. They're not that good this year. Yeah, I just have a really difficult time then quantifying what happened against SMU on Sunday. Right? And, and Well, that's – I mean, I think that's the – you know, that's the ceiling, right? The ceiling is leading FAU late in a game. The ceiling is being up by a massive margin against Tulsa, but the floor is so low. Like the difference between the two, like they have got to find a way to raise that floor up and stop with these, you know, blunders in these games that they should be winning. I mean, you go back and look at some of the games that they've let get away and and we're having a very different conversation this year. And I don't know whether that should bring optimism or even more frustration. Honestly, I mean that sincerely. Like, does that, should that make us more optimistic about the future or should that frustrate us more? I don't know in this season what the correct answer to that is. I mean, I know it makes us angry, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, I know, I know it's, it's frustrating. But as we look big picture, because that's all I can do now, right? Is look big picture. Like, not, nothing that really, I mean, this season's outside of a conference tournament win. It's, you know, whatever. So big picture, should we be more encouraged at the highs for this team within games or should should we be more discouraged at the lows that we're continuously seeing? I don't know the answer to that. I think it's okay to be both. I think you can be discouraged about the present and I think also be a little optimistic about the future. I'm not ready to go all in yet and say that because we, we don't know what the composition of this team will look like 
next season. We don't know what the transfer portal will, will bring. We don't know any of that at this point. And, and it's so volatile in college basketball and college athletics in general every year now with the way that things are built that, you know, who knows, who knows exactly the way that uh, the team will be built and, and put together. I think that there will probably be turnover there. There always is in Wichita state is a program that I think is primed for turnover in the roster year after year after year. It's just kind of the way that everything is, is put together in, in the world of college basketball now. But I think that you can be discouraged about what we're seeing presently. And the reason that I'm discouraged is not because they're losing the reason I'm discouraged is because they should be winning. And those are two different things. Sure. Those are yeah. two entirely different things. A lead against FAU that they should have closed That's also encouraging, out. I think. I, maybe. I guess. Like if, I guess. If because, because it would be, you know, I, I do think there's a difference in just being bad. Yeah. Right? And and being good enough to win games you're not winning. I I, I think there's a difference. and I And I honestly, like... That is not the worst. The worst thing is if we just like this team had no chance, right? That's worse. It doesn't feel that way. It feels, you know what it feels like? Honestly, it feels a lot like the last two years where they're losing a lot of games. You feel like they shouldn't be losing because they're better than that. Now, that that's interesting because that's a part of the reason Wichita State made a change, I think. So, you know, you've got to be like, I, I guess that the worst case scenario is that they're bad and their players are bad, right? And that they're not bringing in good players. But I, I we watch this team and there are players that are, are good, right? They're good. And that's, and that's what we've had for a few years now. But you've got to be able to reach your potential. You've got to be able to hit more of the ceiling than the floor. And right now, this team is hitting far more of the floor than the ceiling. And that's that's what's annoying, if not, you know, discouraging. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know what to make of it because you watch these games and you see them play and you're like, okay, that looks pretty good. You see him play SMU, and you're like, there you go. Yeah, that, That's what I thought the they first, could be. The first like, half okay. against Memphis, keeping it close against FAU. I think the yeah. one the one outlier to that is the East, Car- East Carolina game at home. Um, that was that one, was a, that was that was one an game that we're game. just like, okay, that was yeah. not good whatsoever. But really, I think it would be different if that was the consistent outing game after right. game after game. Yeah. But we're seeing flashes. We're seeing individual flashes from individual players. We're seeing the team put together 20 minutes at a time. We're seeing them even put together 30 minutes at a time. Outside of SMU, I don't know if we've seen them put together an entire 40 minutes. You know, and so it's it's mm, one of those. It's been a long it's time. It's been a long time. Have. You had to go all the way back to probably November, early December yeah. before. I mean, you Richmond, know, I think, yeah, was probably that way. That was probably uh, the last one. I, I'll tell you one yeah. thing that I'm disappointed in. I'm disappointed in, um, and, and I think it's, I'm disappointed in myself a little bit for crafting individual expectations of transfer players coming into Wichita State. Now, there have been some good things. I think Dalen Original is a good example of a good thing that has happened from the transfer portal. Bijan Cortez has not been a good example of the transfer portal working. And I think that there were these expectations. And and this tends to happen when you bring in a player from a high-level school. Of course, Bijan Cortez comes in from Oklahoma. Ronnie DeGray came in from... Missouri, um, you know, I know. I think Harlan Beverly has been a, a good spark as well. Um, but you put expectations on them. Okay, they played 
you know, maybe not extended minutes, but they've been a member of a roster of a high level major conference team. They can come in and they can contribute right away 100% of the time. That's not always the case. And I know that Cortez got a slow start, couldn't play at first, is still, you know, still trying to probably find his way. He's not been good. And I'm not sure that his play recently has warranted him to continue with the minutes that he's getting. I don't yeah, know they, if you need to work him that through spot. that. I mean, he's, and I know I they know. don't have a whole lot of other options, you know, but he was 0 of 5 last night from the field, 0 of 3 from 3, um, you know, zero points for him. Not good, right? And you bring him in to, you know, to come in and, and be a shooter like that um, and, and to handle the ball and all of that. They, they have a, an issue at that position for sure. So I don't really know what other option they've got necessarily. But I had these expectations coming into the season that, okay, you're a transfer player coming in from a high level program from a major conference you can contribute at a program like Wichita State right away. And that hasn't been the case 100% of the time. No, and that's that will be interesting down the road in recruiting to see, right? Because, yeah, they, they you know, Harlan Beverly is awesome, yeah. looks the part, right? Explosive, turns it over a little too much. And he was 6 of 17 really, last really, night. But other than that, he That's has okay. Looked, they have, because good. you have to, like, somebody has to do it, right? Yeah. Like, somebody has to have the volume there. And I'm fine with it being him. Um, I just, it's it does I don't like we're to the point in college basketball. It doesn't matter where you came from. It matters how productive you are. It matters how you fit, yep. right? In what in what you're trying to do. Um, I I just like you you got to like this team started seven and one, which means they've been two and eleven since then, right? Like that's that's a long stretch of of ball to not win games two. And 11 in their last 13. Mm-hmm. So that so many of those could be flipped around. But the, the problem is, like, I don't want to use that as an excuse or anything because they're not consistently ever doing those things that they need to do to close out a win. They did it against SMU. That's it. Well, I, and the, you know, the embarrassing thing, and I, of course, there's always context, right? Um, and there's always other layers into it but just at the surface I mean if you look at the standings right now they're the worst team in the conference uh you know they're tied with Temple and Temple beat them you know the one win that Temple uh, yeah, has in the conference who you're gonna... is against Wichita State I don't know when you look at the other teams in the conference who you can look at moving forward and say yeah Wichita State is definitively definitively better than them yeah that's the problem you're in the American you need to be consistently I mean, I, like, let, let's be real. And, and again, this is, you know, unfair to this year. If you if you go down that road, that's fine. Big picture, Wichita State should never be worse than fourth or fifth in this league. Like, that's that's where Wichita State needs to be. That's where Wichita State was when this conference was much better than it is now. Okay? Yeah. Like, you can't – that that is the absolute reality of where the program needs to be. There is a ton of pressure to get there. Great. You got to get there. Yeah. Because it's like the way things are changing, like the timing of this is not good. The way the landscape is changing and how programs get players and where teams are playing their conference basketball, like all that stuff. We talk about the pressure of early on after making that change. That's the kind of stuff that like you can't you just can't get left behind right now. It's the worst timing for this possible. 
win these dang games. Win the games. That's it. Win them. They'll play again this weekend. Uh, they get uh, they, get, they Memphis. get a game this weekend. The national at window at Memphis. At Memphis, you wanna you wanna turn it around? There's your ceiling. Go see if you can't reach it. Eight six nine twelve forty. The KFA Chot Line will come back. Uh, we'll hit a little football here, and then we'll get to Bob Lutz a little later in the hour. It's all coming for you on Sports Daily. FH. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, glad to be here with you on this Thursday edition. Bob Lutz coming in just a few minutes uh, to talk about the latest with the Jackie Robinson statue. Tommy, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, it, I, the line has been a little active. It's now back more towards San Francisco, which is interesting. I would suppose that that's in direct news to the Aminahue injury would be my guess. Um, it will be a very interesting injury report. I think we can guess that Willie Gay will play. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know that we're going to catch any more surprises on the injury report between now and then. Certainly you'd hope not. San Francisco does look healthier going into the game for those that are superstitious. It'll be the same uniform combination as it was four years ago when the chiefs beat the 49ers, the chiefs will be in red. Um, I, I, this has been, it's been a very quiet week as it typically is maybe even a little bit more quiet than normal. Yeah, as far as injuries are concerned, I would say the only thing that Chiefs fans should cross their fingers for is that Joe Tooney will be able to play. And I haven't gotten an update on his status. I know I don't, that I don't it think seems he like will. seems like he's going to be a long shot. Um, and and I don't know if he's going to require surgery or what that's going to look like. I would imagine though that the Chiefs are doing everything that they possibly can to try to get him ready to go. But I don't I don't think that that is. Likely, and I think Nick Allegretti filled in really well in the AFC Championship, so that'll be good. I and mean, you know they've got a capable backup in him to be able to fill that spot. Uh, but I, I know that obviously the Chiefs would love for their first team All Pro to play. Yeah, look, I don't know how much a guard is going to, you know, I don't know how much like the Chiefs use their guards uh, to block middle linebackers. But I do know without Tooney, they handled one of the better interior defensive lines in football in Baltimore. So, you know, that's a promising sign as you look at replacement value. Again, I I don't know how often they're picking up that middle linebacker, but San Francisco does have probably the best uh, couple of guys combined at that position in football. Chiefs have got a pretty good pair too, but but the Niners have been really, really good in that spot. Um so that'll be interesting. Yeah, and and you want Tooney out there, right? Especially when you know you want to run the ball. And so we'll see. I think in the I think as far as like protecting Mahomes, they'll be fine. As far as running the ball to Isaiah Pacheco, that's probably where they'll miss Tooney more, I would think. And I and that's what they want to do. So yeah, it's a factor. It's all a factor, right? We'll see. I this will be interesting. It's back up to two points now. I think it opened at two and a half, then it got down to one. Now it's back up to two. I I predicted all the money would go to the Chiefs here and it would flip. I don't know if it's going to flip now, right? I because and I thought it would happen like right there in the in the beginning 
because everyone's going to be fresh on their mind of like, don't bet against Mahomes, don't bet against Mahomes, don't bet against Mahomes. If you were making a line, Tommy, I, I think it's fair, right? I think two points to the Niners right now is is a fair line on a neutral field. Yeah, I would take that, and I think that that is that's appropriate. That doesn't seem to me to be super out of whack compared to like you know you look at the line. I thought the line uh, for the AFC Championship was a little out of whack, and that's why a lot of money was pouring in on Kansas City before that game. And uh, then of course the line got even bigger, and they're trying to get you know more money on Kansas City because everybody was betting Baltimore. So I don't see that scenario happening with this game. It seems like. The, the odds makers are being a little bit more conservative, and, and I get it. It's the Super Bowl. It's the largest, you know, opportunity for betting dollars to come in. You know, so they want to make sure that that line is, is perfect. And so I get it. I understand why that line is where it is. And I'm kind of with you. I don't think it's going to be changing a whole lot unless we get some kind of, like, major injury update or something between now and then. I, I, yeah, it's not. If the money was going to the Chiefs, it would have already gone to the Chiefs, I think. Um anything from the new heights podcast that stands out to you the <laughs> the Justin Tucker situation is probably the funniest uh at least that I've seen and I have not listened to the podcast but you can find by the way on the Odyssey app you can always find that podcast on the Odyssey app I would guess it's one of the more downloaded podcasts on the Odyssey app uh but I it's um it just, the Chiefs just feel like they're they are grooving right now, and I I cannot as I look at this and I you know I've been trying to decide like how do I approach this game? Who am I going to pick in this game? They they look too in rhythm. I I just can't imagine I'm not going to pick them in this game. You know what I think it is? I think that the Chiefs are finally leaning into the villain role, right? And I think that they had been you know, maybe resisting that um, for a while. And as things were not going particularly well for them in the regular season, uh, I think that finally there was maybe this light bulb that went off. And I don't think that it's something that they talk about necessarily a whole lot, but I think that maybe subconsciously a light bulb went off and, hey, everybody is, you know, not cheering for them anymore. They were the darlings of the NFL for a while. They were the ones who were trying to take down the... They were the ones yeah, who were trying to take down the Patriots dynasty. Now they are the dynasty. And so I think they're leaning more into that villain role, that whole thing with Justin Tucker. I mean, come on, like, you know, kicking his, you know, kicking equipment out of the way, picking up his helmet, throwing it, whatever. Like, it's kind of the schoolyard bully ball a little bit. And that's what the Chiefs are, I think, leaning into a little bit more. And I think that's a big reason why they beat the Ravens. Well, yeah, I mean, look, they're going to find their motivation no matter where it comes from. And if they're an underdog in this game, that's the easiest motivation for them to find. Yep. Right? It doesn't get any easier than than that. We're the underdog? We'll show you, right? Like, that's, I mean, that's as simple as a bulletin board piece of anything that you'll ever find is to be the underdog in an individual game. So there you go. And if they are an underdog, I do think it enhances their chances in any any game that they play, history says it is with Mahomes, right? He's he's incredible as an underdog, and they're going to probably be an underdog. And maybe it's just that simple. What's crazy is, I, I you know, there's like two quarterbacks ever that you'd just say, man, I'm not betting against that guy in in this kind of a spot. It's Brady and it's Mahomes. Yeah. I don't remember another one where you're like, oh, I'm not betting against you know X Y Z, like because. It just we haven't seen it, and and maybe 
I'm not remembering Joe Montana enough. Because um, in Bradshaw, I'm certainly obviously not remembering as before my time. But I, I don't, I just, you know, I don't know that we have seen it before. Well, the updated numbers, the updated numbers from Mahomes, when he's an underdog, he's 11-1-1 all time against the spread. That's regular season and postseason combined. 11-1-1. He's covered that number 11 out of 13 times as an underdog in the regular season and postseason. And then, if you want to even take it a step further, straight up, he's 10-3 and as an underdog in his career, regular season yeah. and postseason. I mean, that tells you right there, don't bet against that guy when he's an underdog. And it looks like, you know, unless things drastically change on that line, he's going to be an underdog again in the Super Bowl. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's that simple. If he, if, if the, Well, it's as simple as saying, I'm not betting against Mahomes. That's it, right? I'm yeah. not betting against Mahomes. And, and honestly, it's been, again, like... It's, it's, it was almost hard all year to say, uh, uh, you know what? That's a lazy take to say they got a great defense. I'm not betting against Mahomes and Kelsey. That's why I got game. so frustrated at you throughout the regular season because but there were these glaring the reality. issues. I get it. I understand. I mean, there were these glaring issues, and you kept saying, trust the process. Trust Mahomes. Trust what they've got there. I mean, it's like, well, no. Like, look, look at the evidence right in front of your face and how bad things are getting. And, it, I mean, at the end of the day, it's Patrick Mahomes. What more can you say? Well, that they have one of the best defenses in football. Let's yeah. let's give credit where it's due. More, it was more than just they have Mahomes, they're going to win. It was they have Mahomes and one of the best defenses in football. And and for me, and, and it will be this way in the Super Bowl, it's really all been about how many points do they need to score. So when the offense is struggling, and look, when, when the offense is turning the ball over and leads to pick sixes, those things are are impossible to like calculate, but it really came down to and still does like how many how many points does this offense need to score? You know, assuming that they don't gift wrap touchdowns to the other defense, and I think the answer for me it has been 
for a long time, two touchdowns, two field goals, right? 20 points is going to be enough. If you can get 20 points out of the offense, you're going to be good enough to win the game. Think about that when we're talking about the Chiefs. You need two touchdowns and two field goals. So as I kept thinking about it, like if the defense is giving you that, right, if they're allowing you to only need that much offensively, man, the Chiefs can fall into that, right, like on accident, just the way things go in a game. Now, will they against this? I don't know, but just like as a more broad look at it, that's been it for me. It's like this defense is that good, right? When when that's all you need and you know that's all you need, that's when you can buy into take your field goals, yeah. run the ball. Who cares? Because and and I think it took some time to get there, but they're clearly there now. Like we just don't need to do some of the things we've done in the past. That honestly, it makes them more dangerous to you know, me. You know how good this defense is in the playoffs. You know how many fourth quarter points the Kansas City <laughs> defense is allowed in the postseason combined. Three. Three? Yeah. And yeah. that and that was the last game against the Ravens. The Should Raven, have been the, ten. I mean, let's be let's be real. They made a great play. Could have been ten. Was that in the fourth uh, quarter or was that in the third quarter? Pretty I, sure I'd that was it. Pretty sure that was yeah, in the third. Yeah, maybe that was quarter. in the third. Maybe that was in the third. They've allowed um, three total points in the fourth quarter against the Ravens, the Bills, and the Dolphins this postseason. I, I'm a you know, what what's what's our over under on this? Forty seven and a half? I, I'm I'm under that. I'm under that. I, I just I, I'm not gonna bet the under because I fundamentally don't. I it, I can't do it. I can't make myself do it. But I'm for sure not betting the over. We'll put it that way. Bob Lutz joins us next. A Bob and Jeff of League Forty Two talk about the latest with this Jack, Jackie Robinson statue situation. A lot of positive coming in the last week. We'll touch on it all as we make our way into the next segment of Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to Sports Daily. Glad to be here with you on uh, this Thursday. We're tracking down Bob Lutz. He's got a bunch of stuff bouncing around right now with all the the things happening with League 42, so we'll get him in here uh, as quickly as Jad can connect. We've got Tim Fitzgerald coming up top of next hour uh, to join the program. Um, Tommy, as we look around what's happening in the college basketball world, do we have... Do we have a best team right now? Like, I, I don't. Do, do we have one? I don't know that we have one. Um, Purdue, maybe. Uh, UConn is probably up there. I don't. I, but I don't know if there's a definitive team. I, I just like as after what we've seen though, out of Purdue historically. Like, how confident are you in that? And UConn proved it last year. I wonder if Houston is in that mix. And I only ask that as it pertains to Kansas. Like, can they, you know, because before the year, certainly we had them there. We just watch it happening. It's like, can they get back there? And I think, I, I honestly, I think it has to do with the rest of the teams than it does to do with Kansas. Yeah. Kansas is not right now as good as I thought they would be. But I think neither is anybody else. We, we, we'll get into that in the second hour. We do have Bob Lutz now. Bob and Jeff show, of course, League 42 Executive Director 
Uh, very busy man dealing with a lot of unfortunate things and now a lot of positive things. Bob, how are you this morning? Well, unlike uh, on our show later today, you guys actually sound like you know what you're talking about. Pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, that's uh, de- that's up for debate. Up for debate for sure. Bob, I, I you know, I just th- this entire situation is to me very interesting in in this sense. And and you know, I believe in divine things, but it it, it strikes me as I've been watching it. That this all happens at the same time we have an outrageous surge of violence among teenagers. Uh, teenagers are dead, have been shot to death, have been arrested in multiple situations. And we heard the mayor, Mayor Wu, talk about this, and I wholeheartedly believe in it. The best way to attack those problems is at home for a lot of young people. And I don't know that there are any organizations better at attacking that problem than you guys are doing. It does strike me all the attention that's come to League 42 as our city faces this problem right here. And with this platform now, a lot of good is coming of that. I I mean, that's to me, that's really powerful stuff that's happening right before our eyes. Yeah, and, uh, you know, every time a crime is committed and it involves young people, because we've been around now for 10 years, so the first thing I do is check the name and breathe a sigh of relief when it's not a kid who played in League 42, and it, it never is. So that's a that's a good thing. That's a positive, but there's still way too much of it. Uh, we're reaching 600 kids annually to, to play baseball. We're now offering uh, all kinds of education programs. So we have a building that we uh, that I'm sitting in right now, the Leslie Rudd Learning Center. We have four fields. Uh, there's still improvements to be made. We'd like to. We need new lights, and we need some artificial turf still on on some fields. Uh, but uh, yeah, we are uh, we are overwhelmed by the response to this story. And uh, as I look at our GoFundMe page, uh, we're at one hundred seventy one hundred seventy seven thousand two hundred fifteen dollars. Uh, we could have never dreamed of that kind of support. Major League Baseball has reached out. I can't really divulge the, the amount they're doing, but their their support is more directed toward our overall mission. Certainly, the uh, the theft and and the destruction of the statue uh, provided the impetus for that. But I've had an opportunity now to talk to Major League Baseball about League Forty Two, which I, uh, I I welcome and cherish because we've been trying to trying to have that opportunity for a while. Bob, what has it meant to you to have the response expand beyond Wichita? And, and we're we're all Wichita people, and and you're you know you love Wichita, you're Wichita proud, all of that. But knowing that the the response has expanded beyond this metro area with Major League Baseball, and then even beyond that from a national perspective, what has that meant to you to see the people coming out and supporting not just here locally but around the country? You know, I'm a, I'm a journalist at heart. I've always felt like League 42 had a, a story to tell, and uh, we've strived to tell that story. And it's been shared uh, very well here locally in Wichita, but uh, now League 42 has been mentioned, albeit in a way we never wanted it to be mentioned. But uh, I think uh, with, the, with the Jackie Robinson statue, I think people are getting beyond the horror and fright of that terrible crime, 
and taking a deeper look at League 42 and what we stand for and, a, and our attempt to help kids and how many kids we have and how many families we're serving. So the opportunity to get that message out there uh, is, is one we can't uh, sleep on. We've got to continue to push that. Bob, it, so, you know, as a fellow journalist, that viral nature of this is not surprising at all. But I can tell you just by the interest we receive at KWCH from outlets all over the place, the interest is not waning. How important is it then? And we have you here a lot of because of this reason. How important is it to capitalize? When you think of all the things League 42 has been, done, grown, everything, how important is it for you guys to capitalize on this sort of spotlight that's not going away and honestly just spread the word about the mission of League 42 to begin with? Maybe there are now going to be organizations just like you guys popping up in other cities. Like the impact of that stuff, I don't think anybody ever fully quantifies, but it's it's immense when these things happen. Well, I feel like all I've done for three or four days is uh, answer voicemails, reply to text messages, reply to emails, and do media interviews. Uh, so welcome to the club, guys. Uh, you guys are doing a phenomenal job interviewing me. So like I said, it's really important for us to, uh, you know, our preference would have been to be sitting here today with the statue across the street, going about our business as we always do, uh, you know, finding our relative anonymity, anonymity nationally. Uh, we would prefer to have the statue in its rightful place. But because this terrible thing happened, and uh, we now have the opportunity to uh, spread our message, and we've got to do that. You know, I mean, uh, we've, we've got to do that. So we hope people continue to support us. We have ongoing needs, as every nonprofit does, and we're certainly not any different than any of the others. Uh, but we have ongoing needs in our programming and our budget, and all this uh, support uh, will be directed to, to the right places, and it, it helps us. It helps our mission. I encourage everybody that's listening to your show today to get with me and come by and see our facilities. You know, drop by, talk to us. Uh, we had a tour bus yesterday stop by across the street where the Jackie Robinson statue used to be. Uh, can you can you imagine that? Folks mm. pouring out of a tour bus. Uh, to look at a place that no longer has that statue, but has been in the news so much that people are coming to to see it and pay their respect. From the the perspective of the statue specifically, I, I know that the the news from yesterday and the day before and all of that, we, we kind of know um, you know what happened to the original statue. But I know that the plans are in the works and in place to have that replaced uh, for. For folks that are listening right now that don't know what those plans are, um, would you mind sharing those plans and what you know about how that's going to, to proceed and process and, and all of that to make sure that a new statue is in place there at the park? Well, the statue uh, is at our fields uh, at McAdams Park. Okay. And McAdams Park is a city park. So whatever plans that uh, we move forward on will be in conjunction uh, with the city of Wichita, and specifically 
uh, parks and recreation. So we have yet to have a meeting about that. We are in the process of figuring out how much a new statue will cost with all the enhancements we want in security. Uh, we feel like we've got a fairly good handle on that. We for sure wanted to uh, beef up the security around the statue. Uh, we want to do some landscaping work. We want to make it even a more attractive site because uh, after this, it will become kind of a, a destination point. It really always has been, but even more so now. So we hope to get moving on this relatively quickly because the process of creating a bronze statue uh, takes six months. So even if we were to start tomorrow, we're looking at uh, August by the time we would have it uh, in position to erect. So the, the faster the better, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have more news on that, I'm sure, as the uh, days and weeks continue. Bob, you mentioned all the, all the interest in you know, the statue and everything else. I'm curious, have you seen an increased interest at all among participants in League 42 since this? In the immediate aftermath, have you had any more kids interested than maybe you would have before? I've seen an increase in everything. So, yeah, we're hmm. getting we're, get, we're getting emails from families who want, would awesome. like to enroll their children. We are full, unfor- well, fortunate. I don't know if that's fortunate or unfortunate. Right. Our league uh, filled up in three enrollment days. Uh, over the course of 12 hours, we enrolled 600 kids. Uh, we could go higher, but uh, we don't have the capability. We don't have the manpower. We don't have the facilities. And we're much more interested in quality over quantity. So 600 kids is a, is a number we work with well. Uh, yeah, so that we do have a waiting list. So anybody who's interested in that can certainly reach out. We always have a need for volunteer coaches and volunteer tutors. Remember, we have a Bright Lights learning initiative here uh, at League 42 after school every day, Monday through Thursday, in which we, uh, we assist kids uh, with their academics, specifically their reading and their math. We have two educators on our staff now. Uh, so that is something I really want to push is our Bright Lights a program for learning. It's it's phenomenal. All that support, all the reason to go find Bob's uh, links. You can find it on social media. It's easy to find GoFundMe. Uh, it's everywhere. So do that. Bob, one final thing. I have an obligation, you mentioned journalistically, to ask you the question a lot of people want to know. And I don't know how much you can share. Do we have any insight on a motive here, a, a why? I know there's been no arrest made, but is there any indication on why this happened in the first place? Um, I get asked that a lot, and my my uh, view here is that I don't make any predeterminations. Um, I think we'll find out a lot about this over the course of the next couple of days, maybe into early next week. But I believe there will be a satisfactory resolution in terms of the people who have done this will be apprehended and uh, arrested and charged, and hopefully. Uh, hopefully uh, serve time. So that's what we're hoping. We will wait and we will hope that it's not more sinister than being boneheads, but we'll see. I know I know you can't talk a lot about that, so we appreciate it, Bob, but we needed to get that in there. Go check out the GoFundMe. Go check out League 42 in general. Bob, we appreciate it. 
Uh, we appreciate the time and your busy schedule uh, in this craziness. Uh, stick, just, just go out there and support you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. There goes Bob Lutz of the Bob and Jeff Show, which you'll hear two to four every day here on KFH. Also the executive director of League 42. Seriously, check it out. It's been incredible yep. to see the kind of positive that comes out of a negative like this. Never amazes me when this happens. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Hour number two of Sports Daily. All Brockton Caster coming right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 